thank you once again for listening in, for subscribing to and following the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever it is that you're using to get the podcast. I want to thank you for listening and for going through this life and this journey of discipleship together. I want to apologize because I haven't produced uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Simple reason is I was sick and my voice was just gone. Uh, Lots of coughing and and some congestion going on. I'm still not 100%, but I felt like I was uh, doing well enough to actually sit down and record. And so I'm thankful to be able to do this and uh, thankful that you guys are there listening and we are continuing to stay on point and grow in our discipleship. This is season two. This is episode five. And this is going to be a one uh, time standalone message that God put on my heart. I do have a series that I'm planning on launching, which will be next week. So stay tuned for that. You'll hear more about that. And let me encourage you to just continue to share the podcast with other people. I'm going to be introducing some strategies that we're going to be using to help spread the message of not just the podcast, but most importantly, the gospel of Jesus Christ and doing the work of discipleship and disciple making and how you can be a part of that. So more on that coming this month, March 2022. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives what's called the Lord's Prayer. Starts in verse 9, it says, Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's Matthew 6 verses 9 through 13. Now, Jesus gave this instruction on prayer in response to his disciples, asking him to teach them how to pray. Now, I want you to understand, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about God incarnate, God in the flesh, the second person of the Godhead. Jesus is God. God is a triune being. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. That's all I'll say about it because there are people who like to get into all kinds of debates about the nature of God and so forth, but that's not my purpose here. My purpose is is to present to you that God came down in the flesh in Jesus. And though he was God, though he had the full presence and power of the Holy Spirit operating in and through his human being, uh, so he's 100% God and 100% man all at the same time. And look, I don't make light of this. This isn't something that's easy to fully comprehend and understand, but it's an eternal thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's an infinite thing. And simply put, we have finite minds. So there's no way we can fully understand all there is to know about the nature of God. We can know what he's revealed through his word. We can know what Um, And scripture points us to looking at nature. And so there's a lot of things that can point to the existence of God and and the nature of God that we can have some framework and idea of who he is and how he operates. But we can't know everything. But here's what I want to hone in on. Jesus prayed. Jesus had a prayer life. Jesus operated in a form of communication to God the Father. So even though he is God and has this full capacity to operate with authority over the natural realm, supernatural, the prefix, if you look at the word super as a, as a, as a prefix, it means above. 
you know, it's like a, a super surface. It's above something else or superficial is when someone has a, a way of being a, a, a character or attitude that's really covering up who they really are. Super abundant or super natural means uh, a power and ability that exists higher than the natural realm. So Jesus had, still has, supernatural power and ability. He also had a very effective, a very consistent prayer life. And what we might be able to extrapolate from this is that in his 100% humanity, the prayer life became the bridge that by design, uh, by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit working together by design, here's how Jesus demonstrates to us how we walk this walk and connect to divine supernatural power. There's a whole litany of spiritual disciplines we could go through and spiritual gifts and fruit of the spirit and uh, prophecy and, you know, all these different things. But there's nothing as powerful and simplistic and pervasive, meaning it covers everything, everybody. If you, if you are spiritual and you want to connect to God in it, you must have this one key thing, and that is an effective prayer life. The disciples witnessed Jesus spend time with the Father. And they observed that when he would come out of that time, dedicated time, I'm not talking 10 minutes here and there. I'm talking about praying all night. I'm talking about, guys, I'll be back and Jesus coming back in an hour, two hours, three hours. And just this dedicated, focused time with the Lord. They recognized that his time with God the Father was somehow directly connected to the power, the authority that he walked in and, he, and that he demonstrated in his life and in his ministry. If you and I want to walk in the fullness of what God's called us to, we must have a consistent and effective prayer life. We must have a bridge, a communication channel that connects us to our source of strength and power. And so I don't present this to you as, I, as though I have this sparkling, perfect, monk-like <laughs> prayer life. I present this to you as a disciple who's growing, who's learning and saying, I need to increase in prayer. I need to increase in my time with the Father. I need to increase in uh, meditating on God's word and focus and with the Holy Spirit and staying in tuned uh, to hear God's voice and what he's doing, what he's calling me specifically to do, how he's calling me to not only worship him, learn of his ways and to serve him, but how that unfolds in my relationships and my service unto other people in my local church and to the lost and the hurting. Without prayer, we can do a lot of things out of our own limited thinking, reasoning, and understanding. But with prayer, when that channel is open, when that communication uh, is flowing, not just one way, but two way, meaning I'm talking to God and God's talking to me. And if God's talking to me, I need to be listening. If I'm listening to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me, then I can hear, I can obey, I can follow in a very distinct way. What is it that God is saying and doing and, and what's my role in it? How can I participate in the plan of God? Without a prayer life, we're rolling the dice. And God has not called us to live a gamble by coincidence and chance walk. 
He's called us to walk by faith, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And yes, that's the revealed Word of God through Scripture, but it's also the rhema Word of God. That's the Greek word for God speaking to us in real time. And yeah, I'm not talking about, you know, some people get so religious with stuff. I'm not talking about something that's beyond Scripture. Whatever God speaks to us uh, in our spirits, it's going to line up with Scripture. So we're talking about God confirming what he's already approved scripturally and giving us specific details. I want God to speak to me with such specificity that he says, stop and I stop, go when I go, you know, talk to this person, witness to that person, encourage that person, call this person, text this person, don't go here, don't go there. You know, whatever it may be, I believe that God is a God of the detail. When you look at nature, you see that. You see that God is concerned about everything from the microscopic level all the way to the gigantic level of the things of the universe and and beyond. So to say that we can just coast through life and figure it out and just do you and, you know, so forth, there's a vague way of looking at life that's not, I don't believe, in alignment or agreement with who God is and what God does. I believe God wants us to hear his voice and follow. And in order to do that, we must have a prayer life, not just a pray over dinner prayer life, not just a quick prayer before I go to sleep prayer life, but dedicated, committed time to talking to the Lord. And when we talk to the Lord and when we listen to the Lord, we should have an expectation that something is going to happen. So if we're bringing petitions to the Lord and we're asking for God to do things on our behalf or interceding on behalf of others. We should expect that if we've listened first to what the will of God is, then we've prayed in agreement with that will, we should see things manifest and happen in our lives and in the lives of those that we are praying for. In James chapter 5 and verse 13, it says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of the righteous man can accomplish much. That's what the Word of God says. It says if we're sick, if we're suffering, then we should pray. We should communicate with a supernatural God who has power and authority over that sickness, over that disease, to cure it, to heal it, to overcome it by and through his power. It also says, we saw in verse 14, that we should call other more seasoned and mature believers to come around us and to pray for us. It also says that we should confess our sins to one another, that having healthy and safe communities where we can talk about uh, our, vulnerability, our vulnerabilities and confess our sins is a good thing, is a healthy thing, and that this freedom not to sin, obviously, but the freedom to be able to confess to one another without being condemned has everything to do with effective prayers. So if we're harboring 
uh, sin in our lives and we're not confessing it to God, we're not confessing it to one another and, and so forth, then that can actually hinder our prayer lives because we're not praying honestly. We're not praying with transparency before the Lord. So God wants there to be a transparency in the body and a transparency in communication with one another when we pray. If you're born again, you've been made righteous. That means that you're in right standing before God. He sees you just as he saw his son, Jesus, perfect, holy, righteous, without sin or blemish. The prayers of the righteous can and will accomplish much. There's so much that needs to be accomplished in our lives, just as there was a lot that Jesus needed to accomplish in his life and in his ministry. And amazingly, Jesus did not accomplish his mission, even though he was Jesus, without prayer. He accomplished it with prayer. Simply put, if Jesus needed to pray to accomplish his mission on earth, you and I need to pray to accomplish and fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives. We need to pray just like Jesus prayed. We need to pray consistently, regularly, daily. Sometimes we need to pull an all-nighter. I've, I've, <laughs> I've pulled many all-nighters to try to cram and study to pass a test. How much more important should it be to pull an all-nighter to see somebody be healed, to see someone be delivered and set free from the attacks of the enemy, to see God's plan unfold, to see revival pour out in our nation? If you look at the headlines, we are definitely in the last days. Things are happening where it's like scripture, book of Revelation, Daniel. I mean, things are just leaping off the pages out of the scriptures into the world right now. And in order for you and I to understand the place and role we play in it, we have to pray. If you don't pray, you won't fulfill God's plan for your life. I love you enough to make it that simple, that plain. Because it's a truth in my life as well. Just because I have an anointing to teach and I'm called to do so doesn't mean that I can sidestep or bypass the foundation and principle of prayer. So you've got to do it just the same. So factor points, this podcast, we're going to start releasing some things, producing some things to help develop daily on point prayer life. Yes, I said daily. And so I'm going to leave it there as a little teaser. But let me just say, we're going to take this to the next level. Why? Because we're in a next level world. We got some next level things happening and we need some next level anointing, some next level purpose, some next level accomplishments, some next level prayers where we pray. We know exactly what it is that God is doing, how he's doing it and how we're going to flow with it. Of course, we can't know everything, but what we can know, we need to know. And the only way we can know and flow in it is through prayer. Jesus prayed, Peter prayed, John prayed, Paul prayed, everyone throughout Scripture, everyone throughout Scripture that was used by God to do anything, they talked to him, they listened to him, they received from him, they had an effective, fervent prayer life. You and I must do the same. Not only must we, we will do it. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God. Thank you for listening. Be encouraged. Let's stay on point because he's here. He knows. He's able. I'll see you next time.